this is Cynthia McIntosh. And this is Abraham. And we want to welcome you to our new show, Rock and Talk. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the new Rock and Talk show. This is Cynthia McIntosh and I'm here with my co-host, Abraham. And we are going to be talking to our guest, Wilson Hortado today about marketing. And for you, those of you who are artists, I know I get a lot of questions about how to get your music out there. So we're going to be talking to him today about what works, what doesn't, and how to get our music and how to how to promote our music and our business and think of it. And it is a business. We have to remember that our music career is a business. So we're going to be talking about that today. But first, I want to make a couple of announcements I'm really excited about. Um, a friend of mine named Ted Murdoch, who is a trumpet player for the Ray, Ray Charles show, has let us know that he has uh, become part of a group called the Tony Farrell All-Star Band. And they are going to be in L.A. at the Grand Annex. Well, actually, it's in San Pedro in California, the Grand Annex on November 17th at 8 p.m. And I'm really excited about it. I want to be sure that all of you know about it. And you can show up. I'm going to be there. So hopefully you guys will be there. And if you do, come on over and say hi. And if you want to get some tickets, you can call Tony uh, at 310-944-2393. That's Tony Farrell. It's the Tony Farrell All-Star Band. Or Dino Madaloni, who was on our show a couple of weeks ago. And you can reach him at 310-782-1440. And so give them a call, get some tickets. And I hope to see you guys there on November 17th, 8 p.m. And then also the Los Angeles Classic Rock Orchestra. Brand new, put together and founded by Tony Bonsera. They are going to be playing Beatles songs. And they are celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. So they're going to be doing the Beatles on November 25th at the well-known Swing House Studios in L.A. So we're going to have the producer of that show, Tony Lynn Lilo. Uh, she's going to be here next week on our show with more information about that. And we're going to be giving away some tickets. So you're going to want to be sure, sure to tune in next week for more information on that. And so now I want to introduce our special guest, Wilson Hortado. Hi, Wilson. And, uh, of course, our hey, Cynthia, talk show host, how are you guys? Abraham. How are you guys doing tonight? Abraham, are you awake? I am here. I am here. <laughs> I didn't want to step on our guest's uh, uh, spotlight here, but yeah. No, no, no. Welcome to so the show. Abraham and, and, yeah, Abraham and Wilson, you guys ready to talk marketing? Definitely ready, guys. Thank you so much for having me here today. Oh, oh you're so welcome. I met, <laughs> it was funny, I've talked to Wilson on the phone a few times now, but I met him on the internet, on Facebook, actually. And the reason was because I was just so intrigued by his passion about marketing. I mean, this guy is really passionate about it. And I got on his Facebook page. You have a group that you've created, correct, Wilson? What's the name of that group on Facebook? It's Challenge Advertising. That's right. And he has so much really interesting information on there all day. He's posting information on on uh, marketing and advertising and what works and how to do it. And it's really, really interesting. A lot of good information on there. So I thought I'd invite him to come on the air, come on our show and share his expertise with us. And as we all know, it's very important. In fact, Wilson, I wanted to ask you, um, one of the things I did want to discuss today, and I might as well hand it over to you, is why is it so important 
to market and what kind of marketing actually do you feel works the best? I mean, now everybody's into the social media marketing, obviously, but what have you found really works on getting your information out there? Thank you, Cynthia, for that. Well, honestly, I mean, marketing, uh, if every business needs it, if you're not, you know, on top of your customers, if you're not in front of them, then they're just going to go with the next person that shows up in front of them. And I really don't have one specific platform that works for everyone. It really depends. I mean, uh, there's so many different platforms, and I use online methods, offline methods. I pretty much just hmm. uh, try to get my hands on uh, to whatever service will work for the business. Wonderful. So you have an ind individualized service for each one of your clients then based on what their needs are. Yeah, pretty much for the past uh, five, six years, I've been creating systems for different industries, having the chance to work with uh, various different industries and uh, the opportunity to do that, you know, has been amazing. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, um, yeah, I know Abraham has done some work in the marketing department, right, Abraham? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um as far as creating uh, media for promotion and uh, commercials and things like that. So I, I think it's in my blood. My, my dad was a commercial artist um, for a number of years and he, he designed things to market products. So I, I it's it kind of runs in the blood a little bit. Wonderful. Yeah. So maybe you two can do some work together. Talk about how you can help each other out, and who know. knows? <laughs> sure. Hey, yeah. That's awesome. That's very interesting, uh, Abraham. So uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the uh, – because, I mean, when it comes to doing video production, I do have a team for that. And, I mean, the reason why I outsource is because, I mean, that's a huge uh, – it's a very important aspect uh, when it comes to marketing. you got to have good footage, HD quality. It has to be short, simple. It has to be uh, – I know there's, like, the frames have to change every couple seconds to keep the attention of users. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very important. And, you know, beyond all that, yeah, to keep their attention, but also you want to engage them uh, intellectually as well as emotionally, and you want to motivate them – um, my philosophy has always been you don't motivate somebody to buy something. You motivate them. I, I approach videos to motivate them to want to learn more and then they – so that they can interact with somebody that can talk to them about the product. You know, So I, I look at media as a way to just in, uh, initiate something and initiate interest and point them in a direction to learn more about a product and have some, you know, human interaction as a follow-up to whatever the video um, gets them started thinking about. Yeah, I think one of the things that's really important too is that you have to remember that whatever you put out there, it's an image that you're creating, whether it be a good one or a bad one, it's an image you're creating and you've only got a matter of seconds to portray that image and to get people's interest. And I know I used to do seminars for artists. And one of the things I used to cover a lot was what kind of promo kits they sent out because I would get them all the time. As a manager, I'd get, you know, a lot of them every day. And it was amazing what a variety of 
work I would get from people. Some of it would just be a CD with a bunch of stuff on it and then scribbled with black ink on it, you know, with their name on it. Some of it would be really well done. Some of it would have a whole packet with writing pictures, the whole thing. And honestly, the image is what sticks with you. And if you see something that looks sloppy, you don't even pay attention to it. And so when I go on YouTube and I see videos, a lot of times just the quality of what I see on there turns me off in immediately. It might be somebody's very, very talented, but I'll never know because, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, the image is everything. And so I think it's really important to get somebody who really knows what they're doing, that knows marketing to help you create the kind of image that you really want out there. And you should care about your image. Some people don't, but if you're going to be in business, you really do need to care. Yeah, I would Passion have to agree things. with that. Absolutely. And uh, if I may, I mean, I've noticed this happen uh, at the beginning because I've made mistakes where with clients, businesses, I was, you know, just selling, selling, selling. And people, you know, were either disliking the ads or not helping me get a good relevance score. And there, uh, what I did was switch the strategy. Instead of posting, for example, a picture of a broken phone and saying, hey, call us for a 30-minute repair, I started creating videos that would uh, show somebody dropping the phone, cracking it, and trying to get the emotional aspect of uh, relating. Yeah, Has this ever happened to right. you before? And really not telling, you know, not selling towards the end, but having them come and say, oh, how much is it to do this or that? So. That, yeah, exactly. That's that. That's the way to go. That was what I was referring to as well. You know, I I agreed to something uh, once. A, a nonprofit group needed to raise money at the end of the year, and and they said we we want you to do a, a video for us uh, rather than us go up and ask for the money. We'd like to approach it using a video, and I agreed to do it, and that was without asking how much they needed and it was over two million dollars within two weeks <laughs> but i had agreed to do it and uh i i did something very very abstract but it worked and they they got their money and it was quite quite <laughs> wow, the experience that's huge. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so when did you find out how much they needed? Did it change how you did well, the video they, they had a, or they, did you they, not know? Actually, it was it was the same kind of setup where basically they had a, a lot of different programs, tons and tons of programs, and there happened to be um, some footage that was left over from another project that were – supposed to be outtakes but what it turned out to be was these outtakes were places where the steady cam operator happened to bump the wall or back into something and it was so everything was like moving and swimming and i took all these different images of all the different departments and i started washing them together in this flow with sort of abstract colors and then just the the names of the different departments going across and when it was all said and done and it culminated into the organization's name at the end and a little uh, like music music flow that just came to a little bing at the end then somebody stepped up in front of the audience and said as you can see we have a lot of things going on here and this is what we need and so they were emotionally prepared and already engaged and then when um, he announced the amount that they were going for, it, it, it came. It came. Wow. Good for you. So 
I wanted to ask you, Wilson, what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that you see with people? And like I said, you know, we're we're speaking to artists right now. But one of the things that I do know with artists is that a lot of times they have a hard time looking at their music as a business because they want it to be fun. They love what they do and they don't want it to get too serious. But if you're going to be successful, you do need to think of it as a business. If you treat it like like I always tell them, if you're going to treat it like a hobby, it's going to treat you like a hobby. If you're going to treat it like a business, it'll treat you like, you know, it'll, it'll, you'll succeed. And so um, if we're going to really look at our music as a business, what are some of the things that you see with business owners that is the biggest mistake that they make? Um, I think you explained it well, Cindy. I mean, artists, they really don't take, I mean, well, a lot of artists, they don't take it seriously and they just put out content, whether it be on YouTube, SoundCloud. But that's it. They don't promote it. They just expect uh, people to just find it, you know, in with like millions of other videos. And I think uh, they don't leverage having an email list. They don't leverage social media. And they don't realize the power that these platforms have and how much money they can save if they pretty much utilize this to engage with their users, engage uh, with potential listeners. You know, that's an interesting point because I know a lot of artists will have, instead of having an actual website where they have their own image and they have their own information and they have their own EPK, they will have, for example, you know, they'll have a CD Baby account or they'll have a Reverb Nation account, something like that. And they feel that that's marketing and that's all they need. In fact, they actually feel safer that way because they feel like Reverb Nation or CD Baby or iTunes is going to promote them. And I found that it just really does not look as professional when you have to go to something reverbination forward slash name versus having a name.com. You know, it just, it's a whole, it's a completely different image and image is everything. Right. No, I, I would have to agree with that. Whenever, um, I see businesses that, you know, are not using their own domain names, their own email addresses, and uh, right. they claim to be a legit business. It just makes you wonder because nowadays, 20, you know, 2018 coming up, you know, this is a standard pretty much like smartphones. Right. Yeah, I always find it interesting when you, because I even talk to people that are, you know, have big businesses, large businesses, and they'll still have a Gmail or yahoo email address you know that always surprises me because they're bound to have a good website and almost every website comes with email that is for your business that looks so much more professional i've really never understood that but that's just a me thing i think <laughs> I, you know, I think these businesses have been established uh, for a very long time and they pretty much uh, acquire the clients a different way but uh, they're really just losing out. I mean, these businesses can be uh, going downhill if they don't pretty much take action and begin making changes to adapt to the, you know, 2018 pretty much. Yeah, we're getting into the 2018, aren't we? <laughs> hey, yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, I've been working in the music industry for a long time and actually I think, well, we all have, I guess. Um, and I know even 10 years ago, the industry had changed so much. It's changed so much in 10 years and it's gotten a lot more competitive. And so little things like a legitimate business name and a legitimate website and real marketing is essential and it makes all the difference in the world. 
if you're going to compete with somebody and one person sends in a really professional website with an EPK and everything's put together, even if you're more if you're more talented than that person, if you just send in an email saying, hey, check out this YouTube file, you're not going to get the interest. I mean, marketing really is everything, especially in this competitive world. Absolutely. I mean, if you want to increase views, that's how you do it. You got to leverage all the tools. And trust me, I'm actually subscribed to a few artists. Uh, and I found them on YouTube from there. I landed on their website. I ended up subscribing. And every time they make a new song, a new video, I may not see it on YouTube. I may not hear about it. But when it comes to my email, you know, I'll mm -hmm. click on it and find out more about what's going on. If they have an event coming up, boom, you know. So it's an extra audience that they can leverage. Right. Now, I have seen a lot of youtube videos that actually have a subscribe now button in the video that gets people to subscribe which like you said i think that's a really good idea because when you can get people to subscribe then they are going to get an email that says that you just put up a new video versus just if they don't subscribe they may or may not find you again so i think it is when you're doing videos and i think especially with music video is king because they can see you but again it all has to do with the quality of what you put out there too right i i agree with that 100 percent um what do you what do you guys think about social media marketing for artists i mean i know i have my opinion on it well what do you think abram well i think the key in in any of the uh, platforms that you use is um, engagement and interaction. Um, if if somebody has, especially when it comes to let's say you know the arts and you have like a band or something, um, people want to feel connected in some way with the artist and that the artist is somehow connected to them um, they say that a lot of a lot of sales are made at the live performances because it's the most engaging so if you're going to be on social media you have to participate in that engagement and the more you can do that the more the more your group of followers feels like part of something you know it becomes more of a bond and and I've I've watched people who've been very diligent in replying to the comments that are made if they have something posted, you know, and 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 engaging with the engaged audience so that it's an ongoing conversation because even once you win fans, you can easily lose them again if somebody else becomes more engaging. So it's very important to maintain that open uh, channel of communication and interaction in its two ways. That's what people really respond to. And I think the biggest uh, impression that was made of me is somebody that could really do that from a from the nosebleeds of the back end of Staples Center to the stage was Paul McCartney. Everybody in that arena felt like they were sitting in his living room and, and it was just just hanging out. He was so engaging and so connected, and it was a huge example of, um, you know, what it, what, where the magic really lies. And it's always been in relationship. They say even in business, it's who you know, 
and uh, that who you know is really connected to um, the kind of relationship you have that you would know each other in a way that's that's uh, positive and um, two-way contribution into each other's lives, those kinds of things. Um, they say that word of mouth is really the best uh, kind of advertising and what, what people do say. That was something I was going to ask you, Wilson, is, uh, you know, as far as them, you know, the idea that word of mouth is really the best, um, how do you factor that into what it is that you do? And, and where do you put that on your scale in your experience? Well, I mean, uh, I 100% agree that word of mouth is the best advertisement. So what I do uh, is just try to put out valuable content that will get people to not only engage, but also share the content, make them want to share it with others, give them a reason yeah. to do it. And uh, I notice when, you know, somebody is selling me something, I won't pay attention to it. But when somebody writes something or, hey, use this product or use that product, I'm going to go ahead and sign up immediately. Because I'll take their word on it. Ah, uh, right. Huh. Yeah, I think that um, when it comes to engaging with the music department, I think that's why I said video is king. Because there's something about seeing something, seeing somebody in video, and seeing their personality come out is so much stronger than just posting, in my opinion. I tend to, and people do tend to share them more. So that, right. Um, and because I think when it comes in, to music, yeah. that's why I say I, I prefer video. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, one more thing that I wanted to add uh, with the artists and music, because this is what I've noticed, and this is really important, that music, uh, I tend to repeat it a lot, especially if it's a new song and it has just came out. And this is going to make the algorithm pretty much reward the video, reward the post, mm. and make a scene in front of more people. Good and point. you you can actually, when you start advertising, the average cost per three-second view on a video is like one penny. But as more people see it or start seeing it more often, it goes down and you start paying like one-tenth of a penny. So what artist would not want to pay one-tenth of a penny for every three-second view? Yeah, well, I know, the algorithms for uh, YouTube, I know I've changed a lot, even just in the last two weeks from what I've heard. Um, but one thing I have noticed is I'm a member of a lot of the music groups on Facebook, a lot. And same with LinkedIn, actually. And especially recently, I've noticed that I can go into those groups and there will be post after post after post. It's more about, you know, listen to this song. We're going to be here playing, be there listen to this song, we're going to be playing at this location, be there, listen to this song, and over and over and over again. And you go through the group and you won't see one like, you won't see one share, you won't see one comment. People go on there, but you know that that's all you're going to see on there, so you just stop going to those groups. So how do you overcome that? Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with really, you know, seeing what's happening. And like you said, you you pretty much analyze what's going on. All these people are promoting the wrong way. They're not doing it the Gary Vaynerchuk style, which is jab, jab, hook. They're just hook, hook, <laughs> right. hook, and, you know, making everybody, uh, scaring everybody away. They're bringing right. in all the sellers on board and taking out all the buyers. Yeah, and like Abraham was saying, it's not engaging. 
it's not engaging at all. You know, putting videos in there or putting questions in there or putting interesting information, there's one thing, but just saying, hey, listen to this video, I mean, listen to this song, isn't engaging. And it obviously was not working because I was just doing a study on that this week, going over into all these, you know, 40, 50 groups on Facebook. And it was all the same. There was just one after the other and not one comment, not one, nothing. So it's interesting to see what works. Um, we're going to take a break right now and we're going to listen to one of Abraham's songs. We're going to listen to Two by Two by our none other than our Mr. Wonderful Abraham. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Mr. Wonderful.
Oh, yeah. I can hear the beach in that background. <laughs> I don't know why beach. it sounds like beach. <laughs> what that's, an interesting observation. <laughs> now, that makes that's another one of your songs that takes me back to the 60s. Oh, yeah. yeah that that's kind of got a more traditional, a uh, little bit of a gospel rock blues thing to it. Yeah, yeah. Fun song. So what's the story behind it? Uh, it's a social commentary, basically. To to it's it's based figuratively around the idea of Noah's Ark two by two, right. and and when people don't watch, you know, pay attention to whatever form of warning signs happen to come into their lives, uh, sometimes there's no turning around, and so. It, it was it was just a way to say you know hey folks we should always be careful and watch where we're going is basically what the the message was. So that's what that was. It, Pretty cool song, really fun song. Uh, thanks, thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So Wilson, back to you. I was really impressed way back at the beginning of the show when you were saying that you uh, you tailor you tailor each one of your your uh, programs to the individual client. So I know most people don't do that. So I'm really impressed with that. You really take the time to do that and get to know the business of the client and, and do what's going to work best for them. So can you give us an idea of some of the things that you do and what that entails? Uh, when it comes to Facebook, uh, Facebook is more of interruption marketing. And people that break their phones, they cannot live without it. So they're immediately going to Google uh, city iPhone repair or city and phone repair name. And the business that shows up number one or top three places, that's the one they're going to go for. And uh, this is why when it comes to cell phone repairs, when it comes to roofing company, when it comes to service-based business, I make sure to have them listed number one online. And I use Facebook more as a retargeting platform. Okay. And so what do you mean by that? What is retargeting? Retargeting meaning that, you know, I just, uh, my pri uh, the, the main money really goes into Google AdWords, Google SEO. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. all these people, I'll create an audience out of everyone and just retarget them on Facebook with an ad for a very small amount of money. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Where else do you do advertising on? Do you use like uh, AdWords? Do you use Instagram? What what do you what tools do you use? I'm sure you've got tons of them, though, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, if we're talking online methods, I use Facebook. I use Instagram. I use YouTube. Uh, I use Google. I use Craigslist as well. And then I'll leverage every other uh, directory that is available, such as Yelp, and I'll just uh, purchase a premium package that'll put me everywhere. Okay. So how, what do you, when it comes to the music industry, what do you think is necessary to get the music out there? What do you think would work best? To put, well, when it comes to music, uh, like I said, it's all about building an audience. And I mean, the listeners, they're, they tend to be loyal listeners. And when it comes to music videos, they're the only video, in my opinion, that can be replayed so many times, day after day after day. 
Um, so really just leveraging uh, networks like SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, building an audience, and also promoting your content, spending some money so that it can reach a bigger audience of uh, targeted individuals. So if you uh, make classic rock, music, R&B, whatever it is that uh, kind of music that you make, you can target these ideal uh, listeners, leveraging all these different tools. So how do you... Now, I know most people in the music industry, and I, I think, um, Abraham, you'd be able to help me out on this one, but I think most people in the music industry, their number one priority is to get people to listen to their music. And I know that a lot of them have a hard time deciding on whether they want to just put their music out there on YouTube so people can hear it for free and just get it so people are hearing it, or if they should put it on iTunes where you know you have to pay $1.99 or put it on Amazon where you actually buy a CD for $14. Um, and there's a lot of different options. And a lot of people feel like putting their, and I, I've talked to a lot of artists and gotten a different answer from a lot of them. So I'm curious to see what you say. But a lot of people say that you should put your music out there for free so that people hear it because you're really gonna make all your music when they come to hear you live. But not all artists perform live. So that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. but a lot of musicians say that you should put your music out there for free because then people are going to know who you are and then they'll want to go buy it. And other people say, no, you should never do anything for free. You should give little clips so that they can hear it and want the whole thing. What are your, what do you, Abraham and uh, Wilson, think about that? What are your opinions? Well, I, I, I learned a long time ago not to think simply an either or and usually there's a compromise between the two and personally i consider providing something free in hopes that that engagement being you know made available will you know cause somebody to want to uh, dig in deeper and discover more things so I don't think it has to be you put it on for free or you don't, but I, I, I don't think it hurts um, certainly to do that. Um, you know, in terms of other ways of marketing, you know, one of, one of the things that I guess is a word we haven't even brought up, but um, is credibility. You know, like I think I, I gained quite a bit of mileage out of appearing on the, on that, uh, show where I was able to assemble from the amount of time I was on there a short little 30-second promo that highlighted um, various responses I was getting from this major uh, you know radio broadcast and it adds to my credibility and just like Wilson was pointing out there are so many bands out there and there's so many people vying for attention um, you know, what, what makes one person stand out more than another? And it ties in with the same idea in the same, uh, psychology that, that word of mouth does. And that's, if you can establish a, a sense of, uh, credibility with your potential audience, you may capture their, their, um, their face. You know, if you, there's that proverb that says, he who wins souls is wise. And if you can get people to begin to believe in you, you know, not 
you know, that it, but you, you have to give them something to believe in. It's not just a game of making somebody believe in you. I don't mean that. But if you can get that going and if that takes a, a gesture of giving giving of yourself freely first and then establishing through that, uh, let your art speak for itself, that adds to that uh, credibility. And I think that's, that's another part of um, what makes for the relationships that um, – are can stand the test of time and you you develop more faithful uh friends more faithful followers you know it all becomes more of a family unit the more that you can uh, establish these various uh foundational stones right oh, i think Wilson. credibility is credibility is huge sure i i absolutely agree with that um wilson what's your take on all this yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree uh, anymore with you guys. Uh, like, if if you don't have any credibility, if you don't have any fans, uh, you can't really expect to get any sales without giving them a taste of what it is you have to offer. So whether this means making one song free or a couple of songs free and then having them, you know, buy the rest of the album, I think uh, really putting some type of content out there and letting uh, users hear it, get an idea of who you are, is uh, ideal for for the best results. I, I'd been asked, you know, by somebody when, when viral videos first started to happen, they they were like, we want to create a viral video. And the truth <laughs> is, you there's, there's no way to make a viral video. They happen because of the reality that that's contained in it or something just so unique about life that people just resonate with. And, and right. Yeah. You can never predict it. It's going to be viral. Make, yeah, yeah. You can't make that. That's like, there have been a predicting. lot of videos that went viral that everybody's wondered what in the world. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when I, I was going to ask Wilson about that, you know, just, you know, if he ever encounters that and, and to have the audience um, hear somebody who's, in the profession of advertising, and obviously he's very experienced with it, and knows what he's doing. Love to hear his uh, remarks about that. Yeah, Wilson, are you back? Yeah, so I'm back online. Uh, uh, can you just oh, um, ask me the question one more time? <laughs> I, um, I know yeah, you guys well, are yes. talking about viral videos. Yeah, I was saying that I I was approached by somebody who wanted me to create for his company a viral video, and it just doesn't happen that way, you know. Um, great when it does happen but it isn't something you you can really control you, you know so uh what's what's your view on on viral videos um i think yeah like you guys say i mean you just have to give you know do your best job and uh pretty much apply all the psychology all the emotion that you can also you know try to catch any trends uh but really you cannot guarantee a viral video you could you know base you know have all the factors that a viral video has, but it still won't guarantee it at the end of the day. Um, it, it has a lot to do, you know, with the algorithm too, the time that it's posted, and also what other noise is happening around that time. Well, one of the things that you could say surely is not an ingredient in viral videos is any kind of pretentiousness. They're always so honest. No matter how crazy they are, there's something honest about them, and nobody there's there's not a lot of pretension saying, "Hey, look at me, I'm a viral video." It's just purely yeah. so because it happened that way, you know. Yeah, it's usually going to happen by accident. Yeah. 
<laughs> so one more ingredient would be uniqueness because you always have people that want to copy a viral video after and it just doesn't work. Yeah. People are like, ah, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So, Wilson, I wanted to get back to you and ask you, if you had, uh, if you had an artist come up to you and wanted to talk marketing to you, what would be one of your biggest words of wisdom to him or her? And um, what do you feel, and I'm going to give you a chance to pat yourself on the back a little bit, what do you feel sets you apart and your business apart from others that do? Because I know, as you, as you know, because I've talked to you about this, I've run into a lot of marketers over the last couple of months and there's a lot of people out there that claim to be social media marketing specialists. They claim to be great marketers. And they're really just, well, they're not. <laughs> and so what sets you apart? What makes your business the business we should all go to? And like I said, as an artist, if I came up to you and, and was talking to you about marketing, what would you give me as your biggest part, your biggest piece of advice or wisdom, as I put it? Okay. Well, I mean, I've never personally worked with artists, so but mainly what I do when I uh, start working with uh, an industry that I'm not familiar with, um, I'll be, first of all, upfront, honest. However, my main concern with all my businesses, uh, like my father told me, is you only have one name, and you got to really take care of it, look after it, and if you mess up your reputation, that's it. So uh, I base my work uh, on that, and I always, I mean, um, I mean, I've spoken to you, Cynthia, before, and I tell you that uh, what I offer is results, ROI. So I'm not here looking for metrics. Like, I'll literally do the research. The most important factor is doing the research first, finding out the goal of the artist, uh, who they want to reach, how many people they want to reach, and then putting a strategy uh, that will help them achieve that. Not just saying, okay, hmm. well, let me run an ad and uh, let's see what we get. But right. having a plan, a business plan, having some mathematical equation. Wonderful. That's a good answer. I'm impressed. I like that answer. <laughs> so I guess your piece of advice would be, and I actually would tell this just as, you know, I've worked with businesses for a long time and I would honestly, I can honestly say that based on what you just told me, um, I've always told business owners, you can't be an expert at everything. And so you really need to do what you're best at and hire people to do everything else and be sure that they're the right people that you can really trust. And so with what you just said, I really, um, what stood out to me was you're talking about doing a lot of research. You're talking about a lot of time. And if I were to try and sit down and do that for myself, I couldn't do it because A, I don't have the experience and I wouldn't know how to do it. And B, I really don't have the time. And C, I don't want to. <laughs> it's not something that would be fun for me. <laughs> and so, um, but you do, you enjoy that. You're really passionate about it. And you have a lot of practice. You have a lot of experience with working with different industries and researching dif different industries and finding out what works and what doesn't. And I think that sets you apart. I think yeah, you know, I mean, thank you. I mean, I've always been uh, pretty much doubtful because like I said, I've done my research and then I've applied the strategies and then, uh, you know, 
I was hoping that the results would be what I wanted them to. And when I would talk to the business owners, they would confirm this with me. And I would be surprised, so I would keep doing it, and they would keep confirming. And I have uh, business owners with me for over three years. Pretty much wow. most of my clients do not leave. And then some that leave, it's okay. They leave after six months, come back at nine months, then leave for another three months, then come back. So mm-hmm. they don't really leave because they don't like the service, but it's more how... Uh, how I sold the service, letting them know that, hey, I'm going to rank you number one. And then if you want, you could call me off because you'll be number one. You'll be getting calls. And only if you want to expand on that, then, hey, give me a call and we'll do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, sorry, Cindy, I, I kind of lost train of thought right now. It's uh, 11 p.m. for me. <laughs> oh, that's oh. right. Um, yeah, Wilson is in New Jersey. So he's he's not necessarily next door, Abraham. Yeah, um, <laughs> he stayed up late to do this with us. <laughs> oh, I re- we really appreciate. Yeah, that. we thank do. you, Wilson. Hey, uh, can I ask you one last question about what what do you do if somebody comes to you and? What do you do if you have concerns about the actual quality of the product? How do you handle the advertising? Is it any different an approach from between uh, one client to another? Um, if if they, what do you do if somebody doesn't have a product that you yourself can believe in, or does it have anything to do with that when it comes to your work? That's a very good question. So I like to work with established business owners who um, also have all the systems in place. Uh, what I mean by that is they can track their numbers. They know how much they're making. My clients don't have QuickBooks or whatever system, and everything will be organized. So if we're talking, hey, bring me repairs, they're able to see, hey, look, I made 10000 for the past two years in repairs, and now I'm making 30000 a month. So pretty much uh, I like to work with businesses who have their side of the game together. I wouldn't, you know, go work with somebody whose product I don't believe in. Uh, I just wouldn't because it'll mess up my work. It'll waste their time, my time. And I I don't like taking on money that I know will, uh, will not bring any results really. And I know that to be a fact because when I first called and talked to Wilson, I wanted to get some information and he told me he doesn't take everybody. So, Mm-hmm. Um, he is very honest about that up front. Awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Kudos for that one. So, hey, we need to take a break and we're going to listen to another song by our wonderful man here. Um, we're going to listen to One Day at a Time by Abraham. Dawning of freedom's day again 
Erase the void Every thought that we send Can either hurt or can mend The tender heart Whose only part Is to receive what we say One day at a time Developing slowly That graceful In which we choose to shine For every star has its place In the heavens throughout space And you should know that it's been so
This is success coach Cynthia McIntosh. If you could wave a magic wand to make your life anything you wanted it to be, what would that look like? What would be the changes you would see? If you're ready to make those changes and overcome all your obstacles, give us a call. You can reach us at 866-636-4696 or you can visit our website at successwithmacintosh.com. And we're back. And we were just listening to Abraham's song, One Day at a Time. And, okay, now I'm assuming that that was a faith-based song, correct? Most of them are in one way or another. Yeah, in one way or another, correct. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, was my friend uh, Russell Painter singing vocals on that. Um, I was just going to ask you who the vocals were. Yeah, Russ Painter, my hero. Yeah. Okay, well, we're just about out of time, but I wanted to quick ask Wilson if he would like to give us contact information so that if anybody had any questions for him, they could give him a call. Um, you can go ahead if you want to, Wilson, give us any information you want, email address, Facebook information, website information, what have you. Where do we find you? Hey, oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, you can just uh, email me at wilson at challengeadvertising.com or find my Facebook group, which is Challenge Advertising Marketing Support Group on Facebook. Or uh, you could just go to my website, challengeadvertising.com, and uh, you should see all my links on there. Wonderful. And I do suggest to everybody to go check out his uh, Facebook group because it is really interesting. It's really interesting. That's where I found him, and I really strongly suggest going and visiting it. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Wilson, for being on the show. Abraham, as always, thank you for being the best co-host ever. Uh, and my pleasure, always. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you here next week. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to Rock and Talk with Cynthia McIntosh and co-host Abraham. See you next week. 